up. And he handed that young man back to the widow. And those two words must have meant so much to her, to that young man, to everybody there. And Pastor Tim kind of wrapped it up and he said, those two words mean a lot to you and me still today because the Holy Spirit came and said, get up. Live a new life in the Christian faith and Christ is going to come back again and say, get up on the last day. Now, what does this have to do with this week? Well, last week's lesson, the gospel lesson, really opens up the door for this week's lesson very well. Because today we're going to walk along with a different woman, a sinful woman, somebody who had been broken, somebody whom we can really empathize with quite a bit. And at some point, she had heard a version of this story that she needed to get up and get going. She needed to self-evaluate, to look at her life and realize that, that she had led a sinful one. And she needed to leave it behind and get up and live a new one. When you hear those words, um, get up and, and live a new life, doesn't that, doesn't that at least cause you to do some type of self-evaluation? To look back and to think, well, where are my values and where are my flaws? And I don't know about you, but... I've always hated self-evaluation on any job application or any, any mid-job review. The boss says, well, well where are your, where's your value? What do you bring to the table? And where can, what can you work on? And it's always hard for me to come up with my opinions of the right stuff. Today, Jesus says four words, four really important words to this sinful woman. And they cause her to do some serious self-evaluation. And I think they're going to cause you to do the same. Please stand as I read these words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. You can find them on page 11 of your bullets. The Gospel reads, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had, who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. 
But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. At the seminary, in my preaching class, they told us one really important lesson. They said, in your preaching, in your sermon writing, you actually you only have one job, just one thing. You need to put in there somewhere these four words, tell your congregation, your sins are forgiven. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. I can do that. No big deal. But, it, but it's a little bit more than just standing up here and saying that phrase for 20 minutes, right? It takes a lot of explanation and a lot of application and a lot of exposition from the text. Here, I'm sure you noticed it in verse 48, Jesus says those very words. Your sins are forgiven. And I'd like to argue that even though he said that directly just to the woman, I'd like to argue that he was preaching to all those around him. He was preaching to Simon the Pharisee. He was preaching to all those who had been reclining at that table. He wanted all of them to know what this phrase truly meant. But from our context here, it sounds like Simon really had no clue what it meant. Because just think about this scene. A woman walks into a dinner party, and all the heads turn. And all the heads think, well, here's, here's the town center. What in the world is she doing here? But she walks up to Jesus and stands at his feet and starts to cry. And it's not just like one little tear running down a calm face, but it must have been a vehement, violent, awkward scene, doubled over, completely consumed with emotion, so much tears, so many tears that she could wet Jesus' feet so that they need to be dried off with her hair. And as she's doing all this, Simon is reclining at the head of the table, and what's he thinking? He's thinking, who's this? Who's this lady coming in here ruining my party? And who's this fraud who doesn't even know who she is? Because Jesus, while he claims to be a prophet, but he wouldn't let some sinner come in here and do this and wash and kiss and dry his feet. Simon was really good at, at sinner evaluation, but bad at self-evaluation. Because Simon had what I like to call this uh, those people vocabulary. That's how he spoke. You know what I mean by this? Just be in tune to this in, in the next day or week, or maybe think back to conversations you've already had. Talking in terms of those people, okay? Because we're people, right? And we sit next to people, and we get together with people, and we talk to people and about people. We like people, we don't like some people. And so maybe, maybe you've had this conversation. Well, if, if that person, if, if she could just get her act together and work a little more efficiently, well, I could leave, actually, at 5 o'clock to get out of here. Um, maybe, maybe you thought, well, if, if those people, if my, if my children could just, could just do what I say, 
My life would be so much easier if those people could just pass the right legislation, if they could just elect the right officials, this world wouldn't be going down the tubes. Like Simon, we're pretty good at, at sinner evaluation, aren't we? And looking at other people and seeing where they don't measure up, where they miss the mark, where they are sitting. And when that happens, then, then we skip over what these two first words of the theme actually mean. We don't understand that, that they're our sins, that they're your sins. We're focused on other people's flaws, and then our love is lacking. Jesus, walked, Jesus sits there reclining at the table, and he takes Simon just by the hand, he walks him down this path of Simon's life, and he shows him every place that he's sinned. He said, Simon, here, here's where you lied, and here's where you deceived, and here's where you fell short. And he does this by posing this, this really simple question. He says, Simon, who's going to love more? Somebody who is aware of their, just their little itty-bitty 50 denarii debt, or somebody who is aware of their 500 denarii debt. This big, old, huge debt that they're never going to get out from under, where, where really, really they, they should be thrown into jail for that, because he couldn't pay it back. And, and actually his family, according to the law, they're going to they're gonna be sold to the money lender. His house, his, his possessions, they're going to be sold as well, and he can't pay the debt back, he's going to rot in that jail cell. It's going to be, it's great. And then Jesus says, now the money lender cancels both debts. Who's going to love more? Doesn't Jesus, he just, he throws up this big old softball right over the middle of the plate. Right? And Simon just takes a swing and hits out of the park. He, he gets the super easy question. He says, obviously, the guy who's got the big debt is going to love more. And Jesus says, of course, and this woman is that man. This woman, when she reflects on the two words, your sins, knows that they're her sins. Knows that whatever public, obscene thing that she did that gave her the nickname sinner in the town caused her to, to be thrown into a jail cell. Where if she had to pay for those sins, she would be there eternally. She didn't have the those people vocabulary. She thought, it's all on me. And then when she saw her Jesus, she knew that that money lender had canceled the debt. Let's get rid of the those people vocabulary. Just eradicate it. Don't let it sneak in. Don't let it be a part of your habits in conversation. Instead, focus on these two words. That there are flaws. That they're our sin. That it's our own fault that we have to do that. Keep reading. Keep reading the foreword. Because you've got to get those last two words in there as well. Our and this woman knew it, didn't she? She came in there not filled with remorse, not filled with guilt, not filled with angst, not filled with hate of herself. She came in filled with love 
for her Savior, for her Jesus, who she knew loved her so very much. She got it. She self-evaluated her own sin and self, and then God evaluated what God had done for her. I love the little word R. Just three little letters, A-R-E. But I'm so happy that it's not, it's not four letters. It's not W-E-R-E. It's that present tense. So, so somehow, no matter how big of a debt of sin that, that we decide to build up, no matter how many sins we want to add on now, and now, and now, God, God's forgetting it. God is eradicating that sin. He's eradicating it at this moment. And at this moment, and at this moment, and at this moment, and every moment from now on, God is forgiving your sin because your sins are forgiven. Your sins are gone. Your sins are eliminated. God says you are in a present tense of grace. He can't stop pouring it on. And if you're wondering, well, how can God love little old me just that much? How, how can God come to me, a lost and condemned, in debt sinner, and get rid of it every single second? Well, just look at the four-word phrase. Forgive. That was a process. Forgiveness was something that Jesus had to win for you. Because Jesus came to mankind and he stood by their feet. He laid himself down on this rugged, dusty, splintered cross. And then they dropped him in a hole and he, he stretched his arms out on that cross and he cried out vehemently, violently, with many tears, It is finished. Three words that time. Three great words that won the present tense forgiveness for you. And then Jesus anointed you a couple times with water and baptism, and he anoints you with, with his body and blood each and every time you take Holy Communion. And he is present tensely forgiving you of each and every one of your sins at those moments as well. And Jesus then, he rose again from the dead and wiped you clean and dried you off of every single one of the sins that you have committed. So in your self-evaluation, yeah, you see your flaws. You see your guilt, but the world is gone. They're your sins, but they are forgiven. There's one last thing in this text. Jesus says to the woman, well, he's, he says to, to Simon, her, she has been forgiven much as her great love has shown. Hasn't God forgiven you much? I know he's forgiven me much. So show that great love. I said, I said eradicate those people vocabulary from your mentality. And now I'm going to contradict myself and say bring it back. Bring it back in the positive sense. So go to those people. Go to those people and, and tell them these four words. Your sins are forgiven. Go to those people and say, your Jesus loves you 
Go to those people and say, your Jesus died for you. And go to those people and say, your Jesus lives for you. Because those are powerful words, and you have one job in this world. One job and one job only. So that you would know these words, your sins are forgiven. So you can tell others their sins are forgiven. Amen. Please stand.